what's up, guys? Shout out to everybody that drove to the forest. I hope you drove safe. My name is Fat Tony. I'm from Houston. I'm ill-fated. Whoa, nice and hot. And I'm Matt Sanzala, the host of the Sound on Soundfest official podcast. We're doing this live today here from the Sherwood Forest. Definitely appreciate all y'all coming out so early for this. There's going to be all kinds of great comedy and podcasts and things yeah. like this throughout the weekend. I hope you can make it back to the stage more than once. The Drop the Needle podcast comes up next, and you know they're going to be turned out of punk live here as well. Yeah, we're going to be really doing it big at the stage. Lots of laughs, lots of tears. We're going to get it in. If, you have, if you're feeling emotional, you came to the right motherfucking stage. Mm. We're going to try to get them happy, man. We're going to keep the spirit of fun, fun, fun here at Sound on Sound and just keep it real fun. Like I said, uh, if you are tuned in here for the first time, you can hear us on the SoundCloud slash SOSFestTX. All the social media for Sound on Soundfest is SOSFestTX. And uh, the iTunes, the Stitchers, and all that as well. Now, got Fat Tony and Ill Faded from uh, Houston, Texas. Y'all give him a little round of applause, please. Let them know you're out here. Thank you. Y'all look Thank great. Y'all look great. Y'all smell great. What a crowd. Man, now, Tony. I want to talk to you a little bit about your history and both y'all's history. Yes. But you pretty much, I mean, you were rapping before this, but I feel like you pretty much started out and started hitting your stride right around the time when Houston was really hitting its peak. Totally. Hip-hop-wise. I mean, as far as me being a youth, you know, I was in high school when niggas were popping, like Paul Wall and Slim Thug and Chameleon Air and Mike Jones. And one of my first jobs was being a PA for Mr. Boomtown, worked on some of his music videos. So I got really? to be around these artists. I was around like Jay Prince every couple weeks, shaking in my boots. I was around zero, two, you know, trying not to get punched in the fucking face. And um, it was, I was, I'm, I'm really lucky to have that experience because I saw the music industry happening right before my eyes, which really inspired me to do my own thing. That was a really inspirational time. And one of the things I like most about you besides just your music is you have a real reverence for the history of Houston hip hop, man. Like Hell yeah. a lot True. of the artists coming up today, and you do too, Jose, but like when I see Tony, that dude reps nah, I, for I give it I give it up to Tony. He he's I'm really into music it. guru when it comes to knowledge on everything. Not just hip hop, not just rap either. All the old Houston shit, all the rap a lot shit, even the kinda hard to find stuff in the little one off groups. It's really interesting to me because rap a lot is such underground music but they were really popular during yeah. during their time. Like, they weren't copying like any pop radio standards or formats. They're putting out artists like fucking Gangsta Nip and, and Devin the Dude. And the Weird stoner groups, fucking horrorcore rap, drug dealing rap, a fucking rapper that thinks that he's Chucky from Child's Play. Like, Rap-A-Lot really went all over the place. Well, that's one thing that's funny about Rap-A-Lot, and I don't want to get too into this, but sometimes people, <clears throat> I've heard people talk a little bit about Rapalot's business practices and some of the things with Rapalot, but they people need to understand Rapalot was dealing with crazy people. <laughs> True. <laughs> like Rapalot signed psychopaths. Word, word. The ghetto boys aren't that just was, that was their aren't brand. just air quotes crazy. They're not just air. Those three motherfuckers are crazy as shit. <laughs> and that kind of was that kind of defined Houston at that time. Now, what's important to remember, I think a lot of people your age especially remember, of course, they were there for the Swisher House come up yeah. and all this stuff in the mid-2000s, but a lot of people don't understand how much of an influence Houston and Rap-A-Lot especially had on independent rap music in general. Totally. There was independent labels in New York and, of course, in L.A., and there's other places and like that, bag. but when it comes to true, true, real independence that had nothing 
behind him that really came up from the ground, from the underground above it. Yeah. That was Rap-A-Lot, and Houston's Rap-A-Lot laid the, the blueprint for Real all this deal. shit. Real deal, black-owned business, record mm -hmm. label, distribution. You know, they, they, they had major distribution, but they got themselves to a point where they were totally isolated, kind of like ICP. Yep. They were doing their own thing, you know? Right. And with the Ghetto Boys, when they uh, really blew up was because of the controversy of the distributor totally dropping them because of their lyrics. Totally. That's what really kind of put Houston on the map, sad to say. And there's a lot of history there. And one thing I'd like to say is that I really think it's incredible that you still big up those artists. You still make sure to try and keep that history alive. Because a lot of people, there's a lot of artists in Houston who I love. I'm not trying to diss anybody, but they couldn't give a shit about that. Totally. And it's easy to fucking forget it because yeah. it's not online. You yeah. know what I mean? It is, it's hard to find so much 90s Houston stuff. You got to really be in the know, which what really drew me to it, too. Not just being from Houston, but also the fact that I had to dig for it. Mm -hmm. I have to literally pull up to people's houses to see certain tapes. Mm -hmm. Everyone's got a little artifact. Somebody might have a real screw tape. Somebody might have a fucking flyer from a, from a SPC show. You know, all this hard to find stuff that's you just can't Google. And if you... And if you don't look for it, it'll be easily forgotten. I think that's why it's great what uh, U of H did with the exhibit. Totally. That's, that's true. I, I love yeah. it. The total yeah, the University If y'all haven't Houston. checked it out, check it out. The University of Houston Hip Hop Archive. The Houston Hip Hop Archive at the University of Houston. It's really incredible. Yeah. Now, let's keep it real, Tony. Um, when you were coming up, you, you've always had a really unique sound. You sound like Fat Tony. You don't sound like anyone else. But you came up in an era where... Houston motherfuckers all were trying to sound the same. Screw right. had such an, nothing against, I love all those artists and they really developed a real Houston sound which is really important yeah. to Houston and its history. But when you came out, you came out in a time when everyone was emulating that Screw sound. It was easy to copycat after Swisher House because it was so popping and it's a sound that everybody knows. Like in, like in Houston, you don't have to be a hip hop head to, to get Houston rap. Like, even lame squares that's never listened to rap a day in their life might freestyle like a little house party or something, you know? So it's just kind of in the culture already to know about coming down, about swinging and all that shit, you know? And I love it, but I came into the game to say my own thing, you know, do my own style. And you were influenced further beyond just the Houston sound, right? Oh, for sure. I fucking love rap music from all over the world. Yeah. Memphis rap, Bay Area rap, E-40 is my favorite rapper. You know, and I also love all other kind of genres. I love rock and roll, I love punk music, you know? Yo, but even beyond like Tony having his own sound, he will sprinkle a little H-Town on everything he does. No, for sure. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah. like the very, and, the, and Tony laced me up on this, like the very first song, rap song that came out of Houston was a song called McGregor Park. Yep. And McGregor Park is a park in Third Ward. I mean, you, he's from Third Ward, I'm gonna let him do it. Yeah, but, so. Yeah. I was doing a little research, you know, nerding out on the hip hop thing, and I found out that the first Houston rap single actually pressed up was called Matt Gregor Park. It's a park in my neighborhood where I grew up, where I used to hang out as, as like a teen and do bad boy stuff and good boy wholesome family stuff too. And uh, I, I just thought a great way to honor it would be to do a retelling of it, do a new version of Matt Gregor Park. And, Doing that is really something just for heads that might know the masses aren't going to get it. But if you're a dude like one of these guys that knows that, it just makes it that much better. And that song represents Houston in 2016 better than any other song that's come out in the last two or three years out I of that city. That. I told you that before. Now, 
Jose, you came more from a production standpoint, didn't you? Did you yeah. start out more in the studio? Yeah, I was more like uh, behind the scenes, making beats, uh, songwriting, really writing records for other artists. And it wasn't until recently, maybe uh, you know, two years ago, where I really started taking rapping serious, uh, more serious, and, and putting myself out there. Shouts out to Fat Tony, this man, y'all don't even know how amazing, talented, inspiring he's been wow. for me and a lot of other people. I'm gonna give him that credit right now. God but, damn. Uh, but he pushed Pull me to do it. Pull out the wedding ring, let's go. Yeah, he pushed me to do it, so yeah, now I'm... Did y'all come together through Ill-Fated Studios? Because when I first met you, you yeah. just had a small, you had a, it was on the Southwest, right? Yeah, yeah. You I had a little studio, studio on the Southwest and a lot of he, artists were he coming He came through. out to my mom's house. Like, it yeah. was before the, the Murphy closet. Road. Man. Yeah, most city shit, yeah. That's crazy. Man, tell me about uh, when you started rapping, though. I mean, this is, you're on your, what release is this? I guess you just put out a new album called It's Okay to Be Happy. Project. That's the second one of this year, though. Yeah, so yeah, your first release project. was in May, your first actual ill-fated on the mic yeah. release was in May? Yeah, yeah, Crazy. Damn. Because yeah. I remember, yeah, the CDs you used to give me were, were beats and other people, I guess. Wait, what, what happened? The old CDs I would get from you. Oh, were, yeah, were so the old CDs was like a compilation of yeah. like, I was getting my Dr. Dre on, basically. <laughs> I was producing all these songs and then just putting out mixtapes with like everybody from the neighborhood, just anybody that was tight on the mic. Mm -hmm. Like, get them on the song. Who were some of that? Who were some of those artists? Uh, Chief, Mike Rowe, D-Rail, uh, Domino. Shouts out to Domino. Um, Mo City Menace, the list goes on. Damn. I can sit here, honestly, I think on one of those compilations, I call them the fix tapes. Yeah, that's right. You know, like not mixtapes, we fixing the game, fix tapes. And on one, like, I think on one of them, I had like over 30 artists, man. We were just getting it. Like, I was just putting out good music, you know? And I remember when you linked up with the Coffee Brothers as well, Devin the Dude. Yeah, Did you ever do any production on their albums? Yeah, actually, uh, I got on One for the Road. One for the Road, yeah. I'm not sure if it was Devin his, the I think it was his second album. to last. I think it was his second to last album. He put on another one, right? I'm not I even. I don't know if One I, for the Road. Who knows? Devin Anyways. got a lot of music. Yeah, Shout yeah, out yeah. Devin the Dude. Shout out legend. to Devin. Um, yeah, I had a production placement on, on that, Fresh Air, and. Man, shouts out to Devin, the Coffee Brothers, and Face, man. If it wasn't for them, like, I, I probably wouldn't be here, real talk. And that's what I'm talking about. Even an artist like Devin the Dude, who's been on hit songs with, like, Dr. Dre, he's somebody that's kind of forgotten. That's part of that Houston legacy that's, that's really important. I, I think not only just to Houston rap, but just rap in, like, general. I think a lot of people really fuck with Devin and have been influenced by Devin and it's carried on in their music, shit like Currency. Not, not even just on like the, the you know, marijuana side, but on the storytelling side and on the laid back side and on the somewhat melodic but rappy side. I think Devin's amazing. And that goes back to what you were talking about with rap a lot stuff not being easy to find online. There weren't a lot of like liner notes and things like that. And I remember back when we started getting Devin, to, Devin started doing shows outside of the country and getting to see like Sweden would have 600 people his first time there or places like didn't, nobody expected it to happen. Like, Devin didn't even expect, he didn't know how much influence he had on those people because he never really, and a lot of the Houston artists suffer from this to an extent. They never had a lot of, like, branding was not a term yeah. in hip-hop in Houston until maybe last, you know, until recently. There wasn't no branding. There wasn't any videos. A lot of these guys didn't videos. have, like, publicists. They didn't have booking agents. They were really... They were really on some underground shit, like I make music and I turn it into my label and I show up when I'm told to, if yeah. I can. Straight DIY, Yeah. do it yourself. And the crazy thing about it though, is those are often the artists who are still around today, still yeah. functioning on that level. Man, when I went That's to- That's all they know. When I went to Spain, I went into a record shop and they were jamming zero. 
Man. And this was like five years ago, and it yeah. was crazy. I'm like, it blew my mind, you know? Well, speaking of international uh, influence and such, I think it's kind of uh, dope to hear. Like, recently, you guys have been living in Mexico City, or Tony's been living in Mexico City. Yeah, I've been doing a party once a month in Mexico City called Function. It's a hip-hop party where I bring U.S. artists to come perform, link them up with Mexican artists, and just get it, get the whole thing popping. Cause hip hop out there, from what I see in Mexico City, they're really into like East Coast 90s boom bap stuff, which is great, but I wanna open up their taste buds to more shit. I wanna put them on the Southern rap, to Midwest shit, to West Coast shit, hyphy music, street music, swag music, trap music, conscious music. I want them to feel everything. And that's what my party does. It's, it opens up a little area where the new hip hop fans who are the minority in Mexico City can all link up and talk about 21 Savage and talk about Odyssey and talk about Stone's Throw and talk about YG and it'd be comfortable. That's kind of the story from everywhere around the world though. I think the East Coast and the big names, they hit it over there and then when they heard the Southern rap, one thing about rap from the South that I think hits, I think it can hit real easily once it's heard because it's so based in the classic soul and the classic kind of blues it's and that's more sort of, musical. And songs. It's more musical and it's more easy going to listen to. Some of these artists who you mentioned, they may not uh, rap very straightforward. Sometimes people who speak English might not even be able to understand what they're saying. Totally. And it's just kind of a more full sound that uh, can spread down there. Now tell me though, I've been around a lot of places and honestly, Mexico has not been the place that I've really had any luck booking shows at or really yeah. thought of as being you know because they you know of course they speak spanish people speak other languages in all these countries but there's not a lot of you know english speakers in a lot of parts of mexico there's like, like, like hip-hop to me is not that doesn't seem like the market for a fat tony there's like 28 million people that live in mexico right, city right you know we're, what we're I mean? talking about this one city too like my party doesn't spread throughout the country it's only in Mexico City, which I think is a really unique place that's in Mexico. It's like a New York City or like Paris. There's hella it's English speakers, but this, but it's still not super up to date with like, a, like American shit. Like I honestly feel like a lot of kids I meet out there, the first rappers they ever heard of is like 50 Cent, Eminem, Outkast, Tupac. It's really recent for them. So even the idea, of being a hip hop snob is so new to them that it's kind of cool. Whereas yeah. here, that idea has already come and gone. You know, it's, it's, it's like no longer hip to say fuck the radio. Now a lot of kids can embrace every sound and that's what I really want to push out there. That idea that all rap music is good, not just new rap music that is really different, but old stuff too. I think people should really respect the whole gamut because it's amazing. It's the best genre of all time. Most advanced form of music ever, because there's so many people making music, not even using instruments, not even using the ideas that we've been taught are music. Rap changed every rule. Well, that's what drew me to hip hop as a teenager, was seeing people really make something out of nothing, literally. Yeah. How did you end up going down to Mexico City and doing this party, though? Where'd that come from? I got booked for a show called Normal, just this music festival. Had a great time. One year later, an art fair, the material art fair booked me, and the people that book me for the art fair, they have a little crew called the Hip Hop League. And they're kind of like what I'm talking about. They, they, they love rap as their passion, even though they all work in the art world. And they want to bring artists down there, but they had no idea how. They just happened to find me because I had been at a play of 
play a festival and maybe somebody put in a good word for me. But I saw that they didn't have the resources to bring U.S. artists there, but I did. I you know, know these artists and I, and I know how to, how to put on a gig. So I saw what they were doing and try to do it myself. And that's what's important and to, to note about you, I think. Because I remember at one point in time, the Swisher House was trying to sign you. Oh, yeah. And Shout one out the, to my nigga G-Dash. <laughs> and one of the things G-Dash said to me was, I really respect Tony. He's not like our other artists. He'll go sleep on the floor just to go out and do a show in Kansas City or something. He'll go travel Word. on the bus and sleep on the floor and do what he has to do to get the job done. And honestly, that's another thing that's held back a lot of artists, not just in Houston, but throughout this, uh, this whole genre is they get in their head that they're supposed to be a certain way, that the limo is supposed to pick them up, or that that's supposed to happen. And we're I fucking down you, the grime, man. I'm you've down taken a more every situation, a more punk rock approach, really, or a more underground sort of approach. I'm, of I'm down there. to stay at a five star hotel or a floor or a three star hotel or a couch or the van, just whatever's gonna make it work, whatever's gonna get the, the music out there and bring the money in. I'm down to get it. Man, and to this day, you stay moving and breaking into new markets like that. You're here at, uh, you guys are here both for Vocom. Yeah. DJing in the Vocom area here throughout the weekend yes. or just today? Get or die, bitch. When are you on? Um, we're on pretty much all, all day. Just we're hanging out with the Vocom crew. We've got the whole skate team out here. They're going to be doing a demo. Me and Il Fader are going to be playing music damn near all day, on and off. Just come kick it with us. It's real loose, you know. Pick up a boy, your damn self. Who knows? And didn't Volcom release some of your music? Yeah, you they the uh, put out a seven-inch single a couple years ago that Ill Fated produced on the A side. The B side was produced by Shy Guy and features Maxo Cream. Mm -hmm. Now that's not a record label, really, is it? They've they they, they've been kind of, they a, a record label, label, but it's kind of like a little vanity hobby label. Like they put out shit that they like, you know. They're not really putting it out for like the numbers because clothing is their business. But I actually like that because it gives them the freedom just to fuck with what they like. You know, they, they don't have to put up numbers for their record label. It's just for fun. Right. And all of your records will come out on different labels, right? Yeah, I like Run hopping down. around just because just I, I, I like building my contacts. And I feel like labels are only good so far. Like, like I think every label deal is bound to end up kind of bad in some way not like bad but one of y'all are gonna get sick of each other someone's gonna you know disappoint each other it's it's bound to happen so i'd rather do one or two albums small deals with you and dab my way out well they talk a lot about how independence is so big right now in hip-hop but a lot of these artists that we're seeing on a big scale right now are they, they are checks? not independent they they getting major checks from like apple and stuff there's other things behind that not just apple atlantic and other labels that have their little vanity sort of ways in 88 yeah yeah totally and that sort of thing 300 all that right but you are going around the world you went to berlin yeah we just came back from berlin germany it was very very nice yeah and you're going around the world 100% independent like i can vouch for that yeah <laughs> yeah Tell me about your new album, though. Is this a concept album? It's called It's Okay to Be Happy? Yeah, man. It's okay to be happy, guys. Just, you know, it's know that. Uh, I made this project with that mindset. Like, I feel like there's a lot of negativity going on right now in the world. And uh, I have, like, a six-year-old nephew who be jamming my music. And it just kind of fucking changed everything about how I attack this album, basically. So positive vibes, man. And that's where that came from? That's, that's where it came from. That's what really was like the last uh, string that was broken. You know what I mean? That, that really 
uh, propelled the whole thing to happen. I don't know, it's kind of crazy. You just gotta hear it, you know? Especially because when I heard my nephew was jamming my older stuff, I was like, man, I'm talking crazy on there. Like, I should really, really watch out who we're influencing because, uh, you know, these little kids are paying attention. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but just jam the record. Serious shit though, like not to sound like a cliche, but there's a lot of fucked up shit going on all over the world and it's important to push a positive vibe. Seriously, like in the comments you make, like hella people wake up and will just complain about being like broke. Like, oh, another day, another dollar. Oh, my life sucks. Oh, everything is so-so. But if you wake up and be like, yo, I'm gonna get that bag today. I'm about to work my ass off. Shit's gonna be good there's a higher chance of good happening. So if you just think good and say good things out your mouth, even if you're typing in a Facebook comment, I promise you more good energy will come out. It's real. You gotta vibrate a little bit higher. Fat Tony Dunn said that. Tell me about uh, your latest release. What was the last thing you put out? Last thing I put out was a song called Dom Beso. It's a right. collaboration with this DJ crew from Houston called Bon Bon. Yep. It's my first time doing a song in English and Spanish, and mm -hmm. it's kind of lit. It's hot. How did that come together? I've been fucking with them for years. You know, I've played their parties. They, they played mine, and Gracie Chavez hollered at me like, hey, would you be into making a song with us? And we got in the studio. It was our first time working in that capacity, and it just flowed. We like made a song in like an hour. Mm -hmm. Wrote it. It was it was pretty easy peasy. Pretty much the, the first takes were all good. Like it, it just totally flowed naturally. And I think that's because I had so much history playing with them before. Yeah. We're already friends, even outside of music. So it just makes it easier. You know, you like get in the studio and it's like no pressure of oh what are they gonna want me to say? Like we both know the vibe that we're gonna bring to it, and we brought it, and it worked. People liked it. It, it was hot on Spotify. It was like number two on the top 50 US viral chart. That's gotta be worth something. Yo, if y'all don't know about Bon Bon, they're a hot crew, DJ crew, production crew out of Houston. They throw lit parties. Y'all need to check them out. Shout out Bon Bon. For sure. Now we started off talking about your beginnings around the time when Houston was really popping off. Oh, you know what? Sorry. I just want to plug a few more things. <laughs> I got a side group called Charger to the Game. Yep. Me and this dude, Kyle Mapson, is very, very hot. It's like industrial rap, like Nine Inch Nails style beats. It's crazy. We have an album out right now called Urban Hall of Fame because we couldn't get in the rock and roll one. And I put out a Fat Tony EP earlier this year with a producer called P. Morris, and it's mwah. Now tell me, though, right now, looking at Houston, you came up in a moment where, like, I mean, 2005, 2004, 2006, 2007, those were exciting, exciting times. There was so much happening. Years. All eyes were on Houston. But we can keep it real, man. There's some incredible music in Houston right now, but all eyes aren't on it at the moment, man. How do things feel for you right now as far as where you're at? Like, you've been staying in Mexico City, you move around. Like, how do you feel about Houston and, and what's happening right now? Man, I was watching this interview recently on Red Bull Music Academy. And Alex Tume, who's the engineer for Young Thug and Travis Scott and a lot of other A-list artists, one of the crowd people asked him, hey, where, where, where should we be looking for new rap music? Like, what cities have the most lit new artists? And he said Houston above everything. And I was honestly shocked to hear that because this is a guy that's not from Texas. He strictly works in, like, the industry. He works with major stars like Travis Scott, Kanye, Thug. 
21 Savage, Metro Buman, Sonny Digital, you know, he's like so in the, in the game. For him to say Houston means that he's taking his own time to look at it. No one's probably coming up to him like, yo, check out Houston. And if a guy like that says Houston is the number one city to look to for new rap music, I think the city's about to have a lot more eyes on it over the next year or two. I think the eyes been on us. Yeah? Eyes has been in, on Houston. I feel like a lot of people take, you know, little bits and pieces of our culture and then run it through their music, which I think is cool as long or as you're paying pieces. homage. Also big pieces. Yeah, yeah. big pieces. <laughs> I, as long as you're paying homage, I think that's cool, you know, because that's how everybody develops a style. It's like, oh, I used to jam Big L. Man, but I love E-40. And then you start taking bits and pieces of these artists, whatever you like, and you kind of, as long as you're paying homage and you're giving credit where it's due, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I totally agree. And I think anything cool or anything that's a great idea is meant to be stolen. It's meant to influence something else. Like if I'm doing a good job making music or whatever kind of art that I'm putting out there, I hope someone sees it and sees some of themselves in it and can use it to make something new. No doubt. And I think that's one of the things I like best about what you guys are doing right now on that independent level. Because I came up in the days when Houston was 100% independent. Between Rap-A-Lot and Screw, yeah. when the Southwest Wholesale thing was happening, and people like, you know, not for nothing, South Park Mexican, or even when K Reno and the South Park Coalition were happening, or any of the screwed up click guys were coming out. I mean, there were people who young people here may have never heard about, or the average rap fan may have never heard of a... Uh, or Fat Pat, yeah. who's huge. And if you, at, at that time, you could have had a Jay-Z concert in Houston, and if it was the same night as a Fat Pat concert, Jay-Z would have been dead. Dude, you're, you're totally right. <laughs> and growing up, I could feel that. Like, yeah. as a kid, seeing Fat Pat or Scarface or Little Kiki, like, they were on the same level as Master P or Jay-Z to, like, my mind. Like, like, it never separated to me that one was local and one wasn't. They all would play on the radio. You know, so it, it was all, it was like the same shit. Mm -hmm. Fat, Fat Pat to, to me was just as famous as like Too Short or Jay-Z in my mind. And that's all that matters anyway, perception. Well, that's the thing. I think we hear a lot about those days when Houston did quote unquote blow up, but in some ways it was detrimental to the city because you, the age you are, where you were then, you got to see all that. You got to yeah. see real true independence and people working like hand to hand on the streets to sell their music and sell more music than a lot of majors would sell yeah. in Texas alone. But then the majors came down to get their piece of that and we have a whole generation of kids who are now looking just like anybody from any city yeah. to uh, get signed to one of these majors. And the coolest thing about Texas, and, and it happens in the Bay too, and I don't know about any place else in the world where this really happens, is like, Texas supports Texas. Texas yeah. music is a thing. Beyond hip hop, it's a thing, but within hip hop as well, man, when Screw was hitting, I, live, I, w I lived here in Austin for a year back in the 90s, and I worked at a record store called Music Mania, which I wish was still around to this day. There were days where it was like Chinese water torture. You know what that is, where, where they would put somebody down and just a drip, 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 nonstop. Totally. But for me, the Chinese wa water torture was, you got screw, you got screw, you got screw, All day. you got screw. And then right before Fat Pat was killed and uh, his album was about to drop, all day. You got Fat Pat, you got Fat Pat, wow. you got Fat, is that Fat Pat? Because we didn't have the internet to tell us release dates. Yeah, we didn't yeah. know, and that wasn't in the source, like Fat Pat's coming out on this day. That was a totally underground thing. Yeah, word of mouth. And now uh, I feel like that is just not there. It's not the same thing right now. 
Not in Houston, but I no. think that it could be. Like, yeah. like, I think a lot of younger kids making music now are really on that wave where they're just paying attention to like their own scene, their own social media groups, and they're not really too concerned about the industry. They yeah. they they have an understanding that they can have fun with it. And plus, I think seeing as this is not hella money coming from like selling music, that's also inspiring kids to put out anything like. Like kids will put out demos, kids will put out finished songs. They're like dropping an album every every couple months. Like it's really the wild, wild west. Right. If you look at it the right way. I think back, you know, in those days, the frat pats and ESGs and stuff. They were doing a thousand people at a club in like Tyler. That's crazy. Or Longview, Texas, places that some people may have never even heard of. And what's kind of crazy to me today is that still ESG is still going to Waco yeah. or to Tyler or to whatever. And I don't necessarily see a lot of young, the young kids utilizing that sort of circuit that was built by the Houston artists that came before them. Maybe, maybe that could happen again because, yeah. you know, I haven't played that many small Texas towns. I, I played like Beaumont, which is small to me. And there were kids out there that were like, yo, no one ever comes here. This is amazing. An hour and a half away. So, man if, man, if there's kids that live in these little small towns that have at least 20 friends that love new music, call your boy up and we can set up something fun. Man, no doubt. And with that, man, I want to thank you guys, Fat Tony, Ill Faded, for coming out here to the Sound on Sound Fest official a podcast. Lot, My name's Matt Sanzala. I'll be back here Friday at 4 p.m. We're going to speak with Tim Kerr. He's going to be playing with the Monkey Wrench out here. He's been in a million incredible Austin bands, but he was also a founding member of the Big Boys, which is the band that Fun 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 Fest was named after, that this Sound on Sound Fest has been named after. We're going to have a real talk 4 o'clock Sunday right here on this stage. Definitely appreciate everybody for coming out. You want to give a website or any contact information before we go? Man, all I want to say is, y'all, don't sleep on Matt Sanzala. He's an OG in the music game and has a lot of fucking knowledge. This man gave me my first radio interview when I was a wee child, like 14, 15 years old. He introduced me to Bun B when I was a little kid. This man's written for Murder Dog and has sent hella Texas artists over to Europe to play concerts. I promise you any guest that he has up here actually fucks with him in real life and you're gonna get a real unique interview. Check this shit out. And you can check Thanks, me out at Tony. At Fat Tony Rap if you want. <laughs> at Fat Tony Rap. Illfadedmusic.com. I love y'all. Thank you for having us, man. He's real. Everything he said, I vouch for. Enough said. And don't forget to subscribe to the Sound on Sound Fest official podcast on your SoundCloud and on your iTunes. It's SOS Fest TX. And my personal podcast page is Pusher Mania on all the platforms. Thank y'all for coming out. Thanks. <laughs>